Part 6 Zeb was now working at his new job in Baltimore, and staying with their aunt made his weeks feel quicker than ever. Derek and Aaron were now halfway through the freshman year at university. Derek was living on campus, but Aaron continued to make his home at his parents' house. It was just a short drive from his school. Greg was working full-time as he'd taken the semester off, unsure of what his future would hold. He'd become disenchanted with the world outside of this magical realm the four shared in the so-called tryst. He, as much as any of them, wanted to explore further and understand the nature of the new relationship that seemed to be developing. We find the four in the Eldritch's basement. Derek and Greg had just arrived for the weekend and were descending the stairs to join Aaron and Zeb. Hey, what's up, assholes? Hey, what's up, guys? Didn't even hear you come in. Your mom let us in. Yeah, the folks ended up staying here for the weekend. All good. How's it been going down here? Oh, you know, little Goldeneye. Oh, great, my favorite. (laughs) You're getting, um, better. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, 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 fuck you guys. Quit stalling and boot up four player. Yeah, just give me a second. I gotta beat this asshole or I'll be hearing about it for weeks. Fine, I'll just read some of this creepy journal while we wait for Aaron to lose. I'd be careful with that book. That thing sketches me out. It's just a book. Relax. Wow. This shit is crazy. It reminds me of something I've read before, but I can't quite put my finger on it. I doubt you've ever read anything like that. I think it just makes you feel that way. Yeah, maybe. Oh, I got you now. Damn it, where's the body armor? How do you not know where it is after all this time? I don't know where I am half the time I'm on this map. That's why you're about to lose. Ugh, really? (laughs) Oh, yes, yes. (laughs) Ah, fucking goddammit, a rocket launcher. Did you even know it was there? That's neither here nor there. (laughs) Oh, shit. That reminds me. Okay, what is this shit? Uh, I didn't sign up to be in a movie tonight, guys. Come on. I brought it to get some exteriors of the woods for a thing I'm doing for class. And you're subjecting us to this now because... I figured with all the crazy shit that happens here, it may be nice to have some video footage. You know, in case anything else happens. Huh. Not a bad idea. I'll just set it up to the side over here. That way it'll be on us. Here, the couch is in frame and the base of the stairs are in the background there. Okay, fine. All right, Spielberg, whatever you want. Yeah, that's cool. You guys ready to do this? We all in? I'm in. Yeah, but just realize, you may win the overall battle, but I hold the Eldritch Belt. Derek, you're going to jump in or are you going to sit there reading that book all night? No, I'm, I'm definitely in, but I just need a sec. Uh, if you want, you can put me in and I'll just start playing in a second. Uh, as long as you guys won't kill me constantly before I get over there. <laughs> no promises, buddy. I'll be there in like five. Okay, let's do this.
fuck? I'm just warming up. Yeah, yeah. Fuck yeah. Ah, oh, hell yeah. Yes! Ugh. You take a bit too much pleasure in killing your own brother. Oh, please. You were just celebrating and high-fiving after you killed me. That's fair. Yeah, but this isn't. Damn it, Aaron was distracting me. Sure he was. Hey, Derek, will you turn the light off on your way over? Oh, <laughs> was that a hint? Yeah, something like that. Oh, now it's the glare on the screen that's distracting him. It actually would be a little better with the lights off. Okay, okay. You assholes are the ones that wanted me to read this thing in the first place. Yeah, but not when it fucks up our gameplay. Come on. I'm coming. I'm coming. Oh, uh, just give me one sec. Gonna throw a bookmark in the book. Whoa. What's up? You guys need to come over here. Okay. What are you looking at? Okay, what the fuck? What the hell happened to Frankie? Wow, this is so weird. Have we just never seen this wall in the dark before? How would that even be possible? I don't know. Maybe it's just this particular lighting that's making the face look so much more pronounced. All the lines look darker, though. Like they've been highlighted or something. Zeb, turn the light on. Wow. You can barely see it with the light on. Well, turn them back off. Wow, this is really strange. How have we never noticed this? I really don't know. I guess it's always been like this. We've just never hung out at the poker table with the lights off. Wow. Just... wow. Okay. You guys want to get back to the game, though? Yeah, totally. Just like that? Okay. Make some room, you fuckers. Ah. Are you ready? Yeah, I... Oh, Greg, goddammit. <laughs> Fuck you, dude. You said you were ready. Fuck you, Greg. You know what? I'm fucking tired of playing games with you like this. This is bullshit. You've already spawned again. Just focus and get him back. Terrified by this sound, the four race up the stairs to take refuge in the safety of the kitchen. Okay, what the fuck is going on down there? Okay, there's a red ball at the base of the stairs that wasn't there before. That just wasn't fucking there. What the fuck? Guys, just calm down. Everything's cool. I gotta go figure out what that music is. Why the fuck would the lights go out like that? Well, fuck. Now we all have to go. God damn it! Well, let's go, I guess. I think it's coming from back there near the cellar door. 
It's your tape recorder, Zeb. What in the hell is going on down here? Aaron, Zeb, both of you upstairs now. Shit. I'm sorry for screaming, but this shit is fucking crazy. Just tell them what you saw down here. Oh, shit, the tape. My camera caught all of this. We have to go deal with this, but don't watch it without us. You want us to just wait down here? Well, go up and hang out in the living room. Uh, yeah. We'll be back down in a few. Come in. I just want to start by saying we're sorry. Well, you should be. This has gotten out of fucking hand. You guys are making way too much noise. I know, and next time... I don't care what you have to say. I don't care what's going on down there. I don't care, Aaron. I have to work in the morning. Something you would know nothing about. That's not really fair. He's only 19. May I speak now? Go ahead. I am really sorry. And I will be more considerate next time. And you'll tell your little asshole friends to be more considerate too? Dan. Yes, and I'll tell my asshole friends to be considerate too. Good, but you're still grounded for the next month. Grounded? I'm 19. Exactly. You're fucking 19, Aaron. Why in the hell are you still having sleepovers with your friends? Spending all your time playing video games through the night? None of that's doing anything for you. It's not going to be useful at all when you're out there on your own, and you never know when that's going to be. We'd love for you to come to Virginia with us, but even if you do, you have to realize that it wouldn't be forever. I'm not going to Virginia, and I'm not going back to college, like I already told you. Right, the Kentucky land. Yes, the Kentucky land. We did our best to hold our tongues when Daniel was talking to you two into that. But what do you think you're really going to do out there? Do you know how hard it is to start a homestead from nothing? Have you used all your time developing these skills you need to have? I know you haven't because every free minute you have, you spend jerking off with your friends. Daniel! Okay, that was a bit harsh. You think? Look, I'm not saying that I don't believe in you. You know we think the world of you both, and we only just want the best for you. I'm just angry because of tonight. You know, I honestly don't even care about the staying up late and the games. I'm just glad you guys are able to fuck around and take your time figuring out what you want to do with your lives. But you have to let me get my sleep. You just fucking have to. I get that, and I promise you we will. I'm also not going to say you're wrong about my lack of preparedness. At least I have a plan. But, and I say this with respect, maybe you guys should focus on your own problems before you start trying to fix mine. Why would you say that? Are you fucking kidding me? Did you just say that to me? Did he just say that to me right now? If not now, then when? If not now, when? How about not in the middle of the fucking night when you and your gay little friends have just woken us up from a peaceful night of fucking sleep? I just want you guys to stop pretending like everything's fine. Do you think we haven't noticed that you sleep in different rooms? Or how quickly you fly through these bottles of liquor and then try to hide them in the trash? Aaron, we're doing our best, son. You don't understand the things you're talking about. God damn it, Aaron, you're out of your depth, son. Now apologize to your mother before you make me do something I'll regret. Dad, he's not attacking you guys. Zeb, shut the fuck up. Aaron, you apologize to your mother or I'll drag you out of this house tonight. Mom, 
I'm very sorry. I apologize sincerely to you both. And Zeb's right. I didn't mean to attack you guys. I just wanted you to know that we see what you're going through. We want you to be happy too. I'm sorry, Mom. I know, baby. It's okay. I love you both. And Dad, I'm sorry for what I said. I know you guys have your own issues, and I really don't want to add to that. I know, Aaron. I know, and I didn't mean to get carried away. I do love you, son. I love you both, and I'm sorry that things haven't been easy for some time. This life's a tough thing, and it's easy to make mistakes. You'll keep learning that again and again. And I want to be an example for both of you. Then please, just talk to us more. Yeah, it's okay to talk to us, Dad. Maybe we should all be talking, much more. We're a strong family, and I know we can get through anything. Your mom and I really do feel like this move is the right thing. I feel like you might be right. This new start in a new home that we really love, I really believe it will do us all a great deal of good. It sounds like a really good idea, and I love you both. I'll try harder, but please remember I'm not a child anymore. I'll think about all you said, Dad. Thanks, Aaron. We should all do our best to try and be a little bit better. You know that your mother and I are here for you. Just give us the respect we deserve. You're two floors away. Just keep it down at night. I think that's reasonable. Definitely reasonable. And again, we're sorry. Am I still grounded? Two weeks. And I'm mostly saying that just so we can get some guaranteed silence around here for a while. Okay. Okay. That's fair. Now, will you two just get the hell out of here? We love you. Love Love you you too. too. Ugh, that was fucking brutal. Wow, you said like two words the entire time we were in there. Yeah, man, but come on. I, I had your back when I did speak. I guess that's true. Thanks for that. Are you guys... Greg, shut the fuck up. All right, so tonight has obviously been kind of fucking strange. Let's accept that and move on pragmatically. Greg, I apologize for telling you to shut the fuck up. But that being said... You can't be screaming like a little girl. You woke up my dad, he's pissed. No more screaming like that, man. Agreed? Agreed. And I'm sorry, dude. Apology noted. Right, Aaron? Noted. All right, so tonight has gotten a little out of hand. I'm not downplaying what we've seen and heard, but I almost saw my father and brother rip each other's throats out. So we need to take it easy for the rest of the night. And really, whenever my parents are here. Our parents... Yeah, so we're going to watch this tape together. But Greg, what are we going to do? We're not going to scream. Correct, Amundo. All right, so let's all head down to the basement. Derek, cue it up. Okay. All right, guys, come in close. It's a small screen. I just need to rewind a bit. This is just before we heard the music. Uh, there's no ball at the bottom of the stairs. Yeah, we can all see that. What the fuck was that? Did it say your name? Yes, it said my fucking name. 
How is this even possible? Just keep going. What the fuck, man? You must go to Marrakesh. Did it say Marrakesh? What is that? It's a city in Morocco. Why would you go there? How the fuck would I know? Fucking Marrakesh? Whoa. There's the music. And there we go up the stairs. Holy shit, there's the ball. Jesus. What the fuck? I can't believe we have this on tape. That's the strange part. So nothing like this has happened before. That would suggest that the presence of the camera is in essence what has caused or allowed these things to take place. Ah, the camera allowed for another opportunity to communicate. Do you think this means that it will continue to try different things if if we present more options? There's no way of knowing, but we should figure out whether we want to continue a dialogue within the tryst like this. That's assuming we have a choice. Up until this point, we haven't been given a choice in the matter at all. I don't know what to make of this, but I don't know if it's safe to encourage this. You might be right. Either way, we'll have some time to think about it. I gotta get to bed. This has all just been too much. Agreed. Let's just hope we can get a peaceful night's sleep. Did you even have to go there? That night they would have a peaceful and undisturbed rest. The four would wake in the morning, and Greg and Derek would make their way out of the Eldritch home. They wouldn't see the inside of this place for more than a month after this day. During this time, the Eldritches made great strides toward their move from this home. Mr. and Mrs. Eldritch had moved quite a bit of their belongings to Virginia, while Zeb and Aaron further developed their plans for the land they purchased in Kentucky. Desolation was taking hold of the estate now, and perhaps the lack of visitations from Greg and Derek resulted in a lack of visitations of any other kind as well. Upon their next visit, Aaron and Zeb's parents decided to make one final trip to Virginia to bring some delicate things to their new home. This would be the last time that the four friends would be able to spend the night together in this house. They laid in bed in the dark, talking late into the evening in Zeb's room as they all ready to sleep. Aaron and Greg in sleeping bags on the ground next to Zeb's bed, and Derek on the top bunk. The room lay silent for only a matter of seconds after the last of the conversations died down. I'm really glad the four of us could do this again. I can't believe this is going to be the last time. It is a bit surreal. Part of me feels like I'm losing something here, too. Yeah, we all are. You know, but maybe that's what's best. You know, maybe it's best that we move on from some of the things here. I think we made the right move. Not using my camera at all tonight. Yeah, it's been nice to have a chill night together. I'm really going to miss you, buttholes. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. Someday I'm sure we'll miss you too, Greg. I already do. So, you're really going to do this homestead thing with Dan? We are. I'm just getting there a little earlier than Zev and Dan. But once we get it set up, it'll be beautiful. You'll see soon enough. You're not scared at all? Not even a little. I'm actually really excited. 
Yeah, I'm excited too. No, shut up. I'm trying to sleep. Okay, okay. <sighs> Good night, you assholes. Night, guys. A few minutes passed as they all drifted off into a peaceful sleep. Suddenly, Greg felt the covers being slowly but gently pulled from his body. What the fuck? As he grabbed for them, he realized that Aaron's body was sliding across the hardwood floor just beneath the bed. Greg instinctively lunged out and grabbed a hold of Aaron, sliding him back into place and jolting him into consciousness. What? What what happened? You were being pulled under the bed, Aaron. I had to pull you back. What? I didn't feel anything until you pulled on me. What the fuck? What the hell just happened? I don't know. Should we wake the others? I don't... I don't think so. Nothing actually happened. So you just want to go back to sleep? I mean, I guess. I'm like, naturally tired. And I don't know what's going on. Well, fuck. If you want to go back to sleep, that's fine, but I'm fucking holding on to your arm because if you're going to slip under there, I'm going to have to fucking pull you back again. Okay. Greg wrapped an arm around Aaron's waist and pulled him in close. The two fell back to sleep moments later. And moments beyond that, Aaron's body began to float above the ground where he and Greg slept. He was six inches off the floor and then started moving slowly toward the closet. As he moved laterally, the motion woke Greg, who quickly pulled him back down to the ground with a hard thump as his body hit the floor. What the fuck? You were fucking floating! What the shit? What the fuck's going on down there? Did you just say you were floating? Yes, Derek. He was fucking floating a good six inches off the floor. Zeb, turn on the fucking lights! Zeb! Zeb? He's not here. What do you mean? I mean, he's not fucking here. Well, reach over and turn on the fucking lights already. It's not working. What the fuck? What is that? What's happening? Welcome back to Trist, everybody! I'm your host, the master of Trist ceremonies. I go by many names, but none are your concern. (laughs) What are we? Everybody, please shut your fucking traps and wait your turn. I'm talking to you, Greg Logan. Oh my god. (gasps) Almost, but not quite. Now, when we left off, we were just about to dive into a new game called Guess What's Inside the Closet. Now, Zebulon Eldritch was supposed to be here with us, but unfortunately he was pulled away and may not be returning. Now, the rules of the game are simple. You have exactly one minute after the buzzer sounds to submit your guess of what's inside the closet. Make your selection carefully because every answer will result in a different outcome. Guess correctly and a soul is saved. Anything but the correct answer will result in... (laughs) 
We're all looking forward to a great show here, so make it good, boys. We haven't seen the Wheel of Death in quite some time. Maybe we'll get lucky. Wheel of Death! <laughs> good lucky, crazy kids. Your time starts in three, two... Wait, there aren't any clues or anything? <laughs> Not a fucking chance. One! What the fuck is happening? We have to get out of here! As Derek reaches out and grabs the door handle, he's violently shocked unconscious. Even in the face of this overwhelming terror, they couldn't help but wonder to themselves, whatever has happened to Zeb. Zebulon opened his eyes into darkness, into absolute darkness. It was hard to know if his eyes were closed or open. It was immediately hard to know how long he'd been aware of his darkness, now that he thought about it. Thought. He wanted to believe he could trust that at least this was occurring. He wanted Descartes' certainty. He needed it, now more than ever. This was different than the night terrors in some way. In those, he knew his body was immobile. But now, he wasn't sure what that would feel like, nor its opposite. The notion of a will, he now realized, was much harder to grasp than perceivable body over which to claim power. Then, a pricking sensation. Had he just pinched himself? Pain. Supposedly it could remind someone of his own existence. Insofar as it validated his role as a subject, being a perception, it did. There was his own existence, and there was the world in which he existed. The world consisted only of a brief sting. Memories beginning to form. Memories of having a body told him that it might be a sting to the arm. But the sensation faded. This fading gave rise to the revelation that time existed as well. The pillars of being were in place. He drew a breath, feeling cold, damp air fill what must have been lungs. He released. A single light was thrust upon Zeb's awareness. All else continued to exist in darkness, but it could now reliably be called darkness, for it was everything that the light was not. Using his freshly formed impression of a lack of gravity, he assessed this aberration to be coming from in front of him. It wasn't incredibly bright. He wasn't feeling pain in his eyes, at least assuming eyes were what now allowed him to witness the marvel before him. Why did this feel so familiar, he wondered. It was so hard to remember. He had a brief flash in his mind now. A picture almost. Perhaps a memory. A darkness not unlike that which surrounded him now. The darkness was framed in concrete on four sides. He was peering into it. Something was separating him from the abyss before him. Was it glass? Perhaps it was no memory at all. Something was taking shape before him. Something that seemed to present itself regardless of what he chose to think about. But then what else was there to think about other than this world in which he now floated within? The light was softening, and yet at the same time growing. A squarish form was slowly being unveiled. But the glass-covered void was no more. And instead was a glass box with only the void surrounding it. Still it grew. No, not growing. Rather, he was approaching it. He could feel something. His feet pacing along. There was something resembling a floor, cold, unforgiving. Closing the distance revealed two things. With more light came the confirmation that Zeb now had command over his body, in every sense. The body was nude, which might not have bothered him had it not been for the second revelation. He was not alone.
two men stood where we left them in Zeb's room. Derek was still unconscious on the ground. What the fuck are we going to do, Aaron? Calm down. We don't have much time. We have to focus on the task at hand. Okay. Okay, okay. Uh... What did he say? We have to guess what's in the closet or Zeb dies! Yeah, that was my general takeaway as well. God damn it, it could be fucking anything. The obvious answer is Zeb here, right? He is missing, and it would make the most sense for us to guess that, but it doesn't make any sense. What the fuck else could it be? What else is there of relevance? I don't know. What did he say about the wheel of death? There's not a wheel of death in there. I don't know, man. I'm just fucking brainstorming here. Brainstorming? We have fucking ten seconds. The book. That fucking book. I left it in the basement. And we left Zeb sleeping in his bed. Fuck. Fuck. You have to say something. Say something. Zebulon Eldritch. With the uttering of his brother's name, the closet door swung open violently and an unconscious Zeb fell onto the ground. He came to and immediately went to cover himself. Aaron grabbed Zeb's blanket and wrapped it around his body as he took him into his arms. Zeb! Oh my god! What? Zeb, are you okay? What happened? Where was I? I don't know, brother. But you're back now. You're safe. Derek! Are you okay? Uh, what happened? I'm not sure, but we got Zeb back. Oh, fuck. I feel like I got hit by a truck. It did look like you were electrocuted. Ah, oh, Jesus. Here, let me help you up. Oh. Is Zeb okay? I don't know. Zeb, you okay? Uh, I was... There was a world. I don't know where I... It's okay. Just try to relax. You can tell us later. Grab him some shorts and a shirt. Jesus. Okay. Here. Man, where was I? You were in the closet. We had to play some sort of game. And we saved you. No, no. I wasn't in the closet. I promise you, you were. We saw you fall out. I promise you I wasn't. And, and, and you didn't save me. I found a key and I used it to get back. What does that mean? Well, where were you? I don't even know how to explain it, guys. I, I woke up in a void. And I had no sense of my body or myself at all. It was just complete, absolute darkness. Jesus. It felt like I was there for hours. And then... And then a being of some sort appeared to me. It was it was like a it was like a life-size mannequin, like like the one you have on your desk, Aaron. And it seemed to be pointing at me. And then I realized it was guiding me. I turned around and I was in a world that looked exactly like our woods. And I could walk from my place into the void to the spot with the stone that has IF carved into it. But the void was still behind you? There was a path that bridged my place in the void to this small green spot with the moss-covered rock. Everything was consumed by fog, and as I got to the stone, I kneeled down and felt that there were things on my knees that had been covered by moss. There was a hammer and a chisel. I wiped the moss and dirt from them and then took them up into my hands, 
and there was something that just felt so right, so perfect about where I was and what I was doing. I placed the chisel in the middle of the stone and smashed the hammer down into it as hard as I could. The stone began to split, and I did this one more time, and the stone split completely in half. And in the center of the stone, there was this beautiful golden key. I took it up into my hands and turned around to see the void. The mannequin was no longer pointing, but he'd stepped aside and he showed me that there was this door that he was allowing me to walk to. So I walked back into the void and I saw a keyhole in the center of the door. I remember clutching the key so tightly in my hand as I took one last look around into the vastness of the void and when I looked back over my shoulder to see if the stone was still there, it was all consumed by the black of the void again, leaving just this door. The door, myself, and the mannequin. I looked to him and then placed the key into the door, and as soon as I turned it, the door flew open with a flash of intense light and I was sucked through, and I woke up here again. Jesus. Exhaustion overtook the four, and soon they'd all collapsed in the living room to sleep for what was left of these twilight hours. Morning came quickly, and with it, Greg and Derek would take their leave. The Eldritch brothers were tasked with packing what was left of their rooms. As they made good on their promise to their parents, the eldest of the brothers arrived for one last visit with Aaron and Zeb. The three stood together out back, relishing the last moments they'd have on the beautiful vista before them. It really is so fucking beautiful here. I think we take it for granted. How could we not? We were just asshole kids through most of our years here. Well, you guys certainly were. Ha ha. Hey, what do you guys say we take one last walk in the woods? I'd really like that, but I don't have a ton of time today. I need to be on the road in about an hour. We can make it quick. Yeah, come on, just to the stone and back. Okay, that'll work. All right. You need anything from the house, Aaron? Nope. Okay, I'm good to go if you are, Dan. Let's do it. I don't think we could have asked for a better day for this. Do you sometimes feel like I kind of raised you guys? Well, yeah, you certainly had a significant role. Hey, were Mom and Dad always, you know... Like this? I mean, they have been for quite some time, but they weren't always. There was a time when they did fawn all over each other. There was more love between them in the earlier years. Ugh, this stuff is hard. Life is fucking hard. You two are just starting to get a glimpse of it. But once children enter the picture, it's just... Ugh, you do what you can. I, I don't I don't think we're all wired to have children. I, I mean, don't get me wrong, I'm not saying that mom and dad shouldn't have had any of us. I, I just feel like some people are better suited emotionally for it. But you're right, Daniel. I, I think you just do what you can, and you try your best. But you always fall short, right? <laughs> Shit, I still fall short with my patience for you sometimes, Aaron. Yeah, I guess that's pretty understandable. I just hope this move does all they hope it will. It's progress. 
Any progress is good. At least they're still both making the effort after all these years. That much in itself is a beautiful thing. That it is. This is a beautiful thing we have here, this life. I'm so glad to be back. Back? I I just mean back out here, you know, all together. I know what you mean. It feels like it wasn't that long ago I was just a fucking kid, running and playing out here like a wild man. Ugh, it just all goes so quickly. So, Aaron, are you ready for Kentucky? I'm as ready as I'll ever be. And when they look back on us, they can say it. At least they tried to follow their dream. That's what was great about them. They tried. And not many do. Not many do. Hey, there it is. Wait a second. What the hell is that? It's a spike. What the fuck? What the fuck? How how is this? It's okay. Look, there's a trail of spikes. Someone must be developing this area. I thought we owned all of... Damn it. Yeah, we used to own all of this. But this spike, I I can't get over this spike. How is this even possible? It is kind of unusual that they would drive a spike into a stone like this. Did you tell him? No. Tell me what? Nothing really, Dan. I, I, I just had a dream about a spike that went through this very stone. Zeb, it wasn't a dream. Aaron, it was just a dream. Okay. Uh, are you guys okay? <sighs> yeah, guys. I, I just need to sit down for a second. This is just unbelievable. It doesn't seem real. But I guess we are moving on, and so is the rest of the world. Fuck. I can't thank you enough for making Kentucky possible. I really can't. I can't thank you both enough for joining me in it. Nowhere else I'd rather be. Me too. It'll be one hell of a journey, Aaron. And we'll be close behind you. Take your time. As much as you need. And you just let us know if you need any help at all. Once you get there and get a lay of the land. It'll all be great. Yeah. I know it will. be the last moment the brothers would share in those woods. As they left this enchanted place, Daniel took one last look behind him and saw a silhouette of a shadowy figure. He stopped in his tracks. Though no longer afraid, he offered a farewell nod and then walked to catch up with his brothers without saying a word. They looked ahead and onto a new adventure in new woods, far from their ancestral home.
That evening, Mr. and Mrs. Eldridge returned home. And together, that next day, the Eldridge family would pack up the very last of their belongings as they readied for a new chapter and new lives that would be lived far from each other, far from this place they called home. All would be handed over on this day. All ahead was unknown. Only a plan existed now. There were still details to sort out, but the premise was simple. Aaron would be setting out to Kentucky to begin his homestead, and he now filled his car with the most essential things. His parents were heartbroken to see him do this, having held hope that their youngest would accompany them to Virginia. The moment had come, however, and Aaron had proved to be as stubborn as they had feared. Knowing he had made his choice, they could only offer their love, prayers, and encouragement. Zeb now said his piece, moments before their parents would emerge from the home to join in saying goodbye. I can't believe you're heading out ahead of me like this. I'm really going to miss you. Yeah, I'm going to miss you too. And this house. I never thought I'd have such a hard time saying goodbye. I know what you mean. There were times I couldn't wait to leave, but I'm going to miss all of our times here. All of our memories. I really wouldn't trade that for anything. Even with all the craziness. Yeah, I, I guess I wouldn't either. You know, it's strange. I used to be in constant search of meaning in all of this. Looking for answers, looking for a purpose. Something to explain the will of God. Everything had to come back to God, I guess. The truth, the light, and all that. But I just don't know if that's what I believe anymore. Yeah. We grew up needing and wanting to give everything a story, and every story needs an author. What if we are the author? The only story here was the one that we lived, and continue to live. I believe that we are the meaning. I guess we may have to say that things really do just happen. Or maybe we make them happen. Or maybe we don't know what the hell is going on and we just have to do our best, you know? I guess what I'm trying to say here is I have faith in you. And I know that you're going to do your best. I'll do my best until you get your ass out there and join me. I'll be there soon, I promise. Just make sure to take care of yourself, you know? Be careful. No one else is going to have your back while you're out there. I've got my own back. And I'll be living it up by the time you make it out. I'm just wondering if any of this is going to follow me out there. Yeah, I know what you mean. But I, I wouldn't waste any time worrying. Don't you realize how alive we were? Well, maybe you're right. You know, maybe there was some closure after all. Perhaps that was just the end of it. Or the start of a new chapter. Yeah, same thing. But... Isn't it beautiful either way? I guess it is. Just don't be afraid, Aaron. Find what's purposeful for you in everything. We can't fear the unknown or those things that we can't control, but we can take comfort in the purpose of all things. There's always purpose. I'm really going to miss this place. Yeah, me too. Man, thinking about the future we have in Kentucky, though... Ah, oh, it's making work these days so much easier to bear. You two say your goodbyes? Yeah, I guess he's ready to hit the road. 
Are you sure you packed everything you need? I'm sure, Mom. Don't worry. Of course I'm gonna worry. It's my job to worry about you. You know you always have a home with us, right? I do. Well, I hope you also know that I'm proud of you. This is a tough thing you're doing here. Your brothers will be joining you soon, so I'm not too worried. But you take good care of yourself until then. I will. I love you, son. I love you too, Dad. You don't have to do that, Dad. I know, it's just an extra thousand bucks. Just in case of anything. Who doesn't need an extra thousand dollars at some point? Thanks, Dad. Now, get out of here before you make your mother cry again. Love you guys. Yeah, we love you too. Screenplay by Brian Esquivel. Additional writing, Aaron Eldridge. Based on the novel Trist by Aaron Eldridge. Written and directed by Brian Esquivel. Cast, in order of appearance. Zebulon Eldridge, played by Pete Orlansky. Mr. Eldridge, played by Matthew Blackburn. Daniel Eldridge, played by David Daniels. Aaron Eldridge, played by Carrie Daniels. Alex Wilkinson, played by Chris Walker. Greg Logan, played by Emmett Casey. Derek Young, played by James Daniel. Mark Bennett, played by Thomas Bailey. Mrs. Eldridge, played by Gretel Bonilla. And The Host, played by James Daniel. Narrated by... Adam Esquivel.